0: Hello, and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing.
1: Jen. Man, you came out of nowhere. Did I? <laughs> yeah, normally you're like, incoming, and I'm like, okay. Oh, I, I did see. send you an
0: incoming text. You didn't get that? Mm-mm. Oh, shoot. I did. No, oh,
1: you were that quick.
0: Dang, girl. I didn't know I was that fast.
1: I just got done stapling up deer fence because I can't, this skunk, well, I kept the skunks out of my yard for quite some time. I mean, I must have $700, $800 oh. in my backyard with trying to keep critters out of this place.
0: Yeah, you had um so far. I know squirrels, woodpeckers, and now skunks.
1: Wood, I I had also I had the woodchuck, oh, the yeah. possums. It's it's a highway. It's National Geographic, right. and so I kept the skunks out. And now I got one. He's a little baby, oh. and he comes in, he comes in the yard, and I've already trapped him. Like, in the way of, like, you don't got I don't even know how he's getting out at this uh. point. And I think he's so small, he, he goes through the railing and the fencing. So I, I stapled deer fencing
0: up. Okay.
1: And, um.
0: Trying to I, him. Or I, keep, on, keep him from coming I, through.
1: Yeah, well, we're probably going to find that all that was for naught because he's probably coming in somewhere else. I got seven cameras. <laughs> And I mean, and he like magically appears in the camera. And I'm like, what are you guys cameras doing?
0: Yeah. For just highlighting his best side.
1: Yeah. If you watch the video, he actually like teleports into my yard. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, like Dr. Who. Yeah.
0: up In my yard.
1: And it's like, where did you come from? I got seven angles on your ass.
0: Yeah, he's like, you missed the one where I come up from the side.
1: (laughs) So if somebody out there knows how in the hell to get rid of a skunk, and if you say trap it, trust me, I put traps out. Mm -hmm. They are harder to trap than people say. And don't be coming with me, none of that. Spread cayenne pepper, mothball, crap, that is all junk. I probably could write. We probably should do a podcast on skunks so I can tell everybody all the shit that doesn't work. Yeah, which is everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is so ridiculous. No, I'm, you're I'm really worried.
0: having a skunk problem. I see.
1: Yeah, it really pisses me off. If you can't tell.
0: Yeah. No. Hey, it happens sometimes. It happens. Live in my front
1: yard. Walk past my front yard. My backyard. Stay the hell out.
0: True. Sorry about that. Yeah, you and, and you are like the super highway of critters it's so
1: ridiculous
0: i'm sorry man
1: i need to move move.
0: um shit i always feel like that sometimes too but i was like no i do have it good here though
1: (laughs) you know most things die that's why i like cold weather because you know your spiders die your insects all die a lot of your animals go into hibernation all that good jazz and then in the Warm places, everything just grows. True. Big. So does, yeah, like
0: winter doesn't keep the insects in check when you move somewhere warm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's my life right now. Everyone, I'm sorry.
0: Scott- I'm sorry, man. Today I took two naps. I had my day off. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody works was like oh you know spending your day off napping I'm like hey that's valuable to me I look forward to my day off nap thank you <laughs> I really do. right yeah. right yeah That's part of my like keep myself alive processes I take naps
1: <laughs> there you go yeah. I, I traveled last week
0: yeah how was that
1: so one two one two three four four states. And I didn't get murdered. But yeah. I didn't I only stopped to use the bathroom once. Okay. And once back. 9 hours there, 9 hours back. Though, I uh, 30 minutes away from home, RV fire on the expressway. I'm sitting there for an hour. Oof. 30 minutes from being
0: home. That has to suck because that is just yeah. too close.
1: Damn it was. I was like, yeah, and I was in a rental car so I was like, Ah, oh, I could totally do, like, if I was in my own vehicle, I would have drove on the side of the road and then went to one of the police turn turnarounds and just risked it, risked yeah. getting a ticket. Oh, so bad. But I couldn't because I was in a rental car and I couldn't wreck it.
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's not get in trouble now.
1: <laughs> but I passed a lot of places that I was like, yep, you would get murdered there.
0: Oh, yeah. It looked like a murdery place.
1: Yep. Yep. I'll
0: believe it. What kind of murder do you have today?
1: Um, I have the death of Ashley James, which we talked about many episodes ago. And this is the follow-up on that.
0: Okay. Um, I am going to do um, ghost stories in Michigan. I actually, since, you know, I've been working the Discovery Plus thing, uh, looked up Michigan and there was this show paranormal caught on tape that has like Michigan in five of the episodes. So I do that. And then I do one from another show, creepy things in Michigan.
1: Right on. You want to go first? You want me to go first?
0: Um, You know what you go first because I'm going to follow up with ghosts. So you got real murder. All
1: right. Yeah. So July, 2019, Brian James he was age 33 at the time, shot his wife, Ashley James, 31, in their Ypsilanti Township home. I couldn't locate an obituary for her. Like I found the obituary page, but no nobody obituary.
0: Nobody wrote anything. Yeah, so you, no. someone in your family has to do that for you. Maybe nobody did that. Well,
1: I just want to let you know I'm going to write my own and you can just post it.
0: Absolutely. I will do
1: that. I want to make sure, you know, it has things in it.
0: Yeah, you (laughs) want to hit the highlights. I get it.
1: (laughs) Um, So I couldn't locate one, but I did locate a tribute wall where people who knew her left messages. She was a mother of two. And those people that left, you know, stuff on her tribute wall described her as a beautiful, loving and a spiritual person. I believe she was a realtor and she graduated from Eastern Michigan University based on the comments that were left. Okay. So Brian told police that in the morning of the shooting, he thought the person in his home was an intruder. So he he grabbed his gun and shot.
0: Okay. On November.
1: On November 2020, Brian was charged with one count of open murder, reckless discharge of a firearm inside a building, and involuntary manslaughter. Prosecutors stated they had proof that the defendant, Brian, had certain actions pre-planned prior to the shooting. Evidence was found in web searches and personal journal entries. In the pro, wait, yeah,
0: he he did the dumb thing and searched it on the internet.
1: Supposedly, Jesus, okay, or searched something that made them and wrote in his journal things that would lead you to believe that he was planning Plan- that. Okay, and the prosecutor claims there was proof of marital issues and doubts were created with Brian's story because there was no evidence of forced entry to lead someone to believe there would have been an intruder in their home.
0: Right. So she just walks open the door, walks in. It's not like she kicked the door in.
1: Right. Well, and that's even if she opened a door, like there's no information on more than what I just told you.
0: Oh, okay. That There's no forced entry. So yeah. So,
1: I'm assuming since they said, "Oh, there was no forced entry," to make you believe that there was an intruder in the home means that he got up out of bed, so he must have been moving around. Okay. Right? Because if you shot somebody from your bedroom, how in the heck would you know? True. You know, there that statement would be irrelevant because you never left your bedroom to figure out that the door was busted open or not. Okay. So. Brian was released on bond awaiting his trial. And then in April, 2022, the jury, you know, the trial happened, the jury reached a verdict, but the judge tossed it out. What? Yep. And called a mistrial because the jury were unintentionally given evidence, not presented at trial. And that evidence was determined to have significant impact on the case. Okay. During the April 2022 trial, medical records showed Ashley had one gunshot wound through the chest that went through her heart, lungs, liver, and spleen. And the trajectory indicated she was ducking out of the way, like she was ducking when she got shot. Yeah. Brian's lawyer said the prosecutor was cherry-picking information. Brian had nothing to gain. And his marriage was a fairy tale, tale marriage with his soulmate. Ashley and Brian were together for thirteen years and married five of those. Okay. There was a Detroit News article stating in May 2022 there would be a hearing on how to proceed, assuming this would be where you know they would determine that there was another trial date and if the prosecutor was going to retry it. I couldn't find any more information. Wow! After that article, so right now I I don't know what's going on. Like if they're going to prosecute it, if they're not, like nothing. There is nothing after saying that in May there was going to be a hearing. So very, I mean, it's a very sad story. Yeah. You know, at the time of Ashley's death, there was a Fox News article that said her children were two and four years old, oh. and that. During this trial, family members did testify to the two of them having a loving relationship. So it's, it's, I mean, completely possible. He, you know, mistakenly thought um, his wife was an intruder. And these are kind of the times that I wish, you know, court cases were recorded and you could watch them.
0: Yeah, like all of them are available to you
1: right because yeah. then we could watch that and see you know what is the evidence yeah i mean what did he really search okay you know like what did, what what was this journal entry that led you to believe and maybe then we would find out okay he was he did walk around his house and find you know and there was no forced entry you couldn't find
0: you know what i mean you don't yeah. know well, like, I don't know. Did she come home at a different time than normal? Because if she was just coming home normal time, wouldn't you assume that it was her or whatever?
1: From what I understand, and, and could be, because it was really early in the morning.
0: Okay. I want
1: to say like 1 a.m. or something. Okay. It was something real early.
0: Okay. Well,
1: so I don't know. I marked it to check on it again.
0: I would at wait at least later. a few months. Yeah. You'd have to wait months before checking again. Cause it probably won't come out for a while.
1: Yeah. Or it's one of those moments where, or, well, you know, one of those times where it's been so long and no one ever reports again about it.
0: Oh, that is a problem to be honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it has to be newsworthy in order for you to know.
1: Yeah. And you just had two naps and, in- you just yawned.
0: I know. I was trying not <laughs> to let you hear that. But... Busted. I am absolutely busted. I really did just yawn. So sorry. And I did have two naps. One was really was long, that... too. <laughs> I just
1: thought it was funny. Yeah, all right, part. Hit us with it.
0: Okay. So I'm using my Discovery, even though I keep calling it Disney Plus. I really mean Discovery Plus. I am using my Discovery Plus to the max, right? It's so all- I decided to uh, do paranormal co- Michigan shit. And I decided also we're going to do it in chronological order. So the first one is season two, episode one. And this one actually did bother me a little bit. Mostly this stuff doesn't bother me, but this one actually got to me just a little bit. Um, It takes place in Oxford, Michigan. So these parents are looking in on their baby's camera and they have this toddler. It looks to be like maybe three years old. And at first you do see like, well, they say it's an orb. I'm like, that could be dust, but you see like an orb flying around the child And then, and they're this little toddler, they're laying on their stomach, they're lying on their stomach, and all of a sudden, their leg goes like, back and straight up in the air, like somebody grabbed them by the leg, and it just is holding the leg up. And there are times that that leg is so high in the air that the toddler's stomach loses contact with the mattress, like that's how high in the air it is. And then all of a sudden, the leg drops down, and then the other leg goes up in the air. And the whole time, this kid appears to be sleeping, like doesn't even wake up for this. And the parents are like, oh, you know, we haven't seen any additional activity in the room. And they've continued to live there. It was just that one time. But I was like, I do not like that. Because I know sometimes kids do weird shit in their sleep. But to have the leg go so far up that the kid loses contact with their stomach on the bed. Like, no, did not like it. Yeah. Yeah. And it involved a little kid. So I was like, no. So the next one is season two, episode six. And it goes over, the it's at the Eloise Hospital that they go there and that they're recording. It's an abandoned psychiatric hospital. I went over this in our seventh episode. So just, I'll give a quick rundown to show you why people think it's so haunted, okay? So Eloise was first founded as a poorhouse in the 1830s. By 1913, there's three divisions, the mental hospital, the poorhouse, and the sanitarium, which is where they keep tuberculosis patients. By the 1930s, it's like its own city. It has like a police force, firemen, railroad line, sewage plant, bakery. It has its own graveyard with more than 7,000 known you know, burials. But it also had a reputation for abuse. And it became mainly a psychiatric hospital in its later years. Some approved treatments were like, these are the approved treatments. that are like, no, no, this is good for people. They were electrotherapy, so electroshock therapy, lobotomies insulin shock therapy sensory deprivation twirling chairs which is where they put you in a chair and spin you around and get you sick so that you vomit and shit yourself and then you feel tired and you go to sleep it was a a practice that was created by charles darwin's grandpa and he thought like that when people who are having mental health issues if they sleep and rest it's really good for them and then see after i twirl them in the chair and they vomit and shit they want to rest so that's good Right <laughs> yeah and that's one that that's the approved treatments. They also did like television therapy in later years, which is basically neglect. you just put them in front of the TV and at this point it's also it's overcrowded it's unsanitary like people had to bring their own mattresses. people were not separated by illnesses and you could be put in a mental institution like if you had Down syndrome or you know ALS, you could be a depressed housewife. And you'll get put in the same room as like a delusional, para, you know, paranoid schizophrenic. Nobody was separated by illness, and it was just super dangerous for the patients and the staff. So eventually, they shut it down in the nineteen seventies, and since then, it's been nothing but paranormal groups, right? And so didn't place, they so, um, Detroit Paranormal? Yeah.
1: Didn't they bury people there?
0: Yeah, there was a graveyard that has more than seven thousand known burials they think that other people were killed or died and just buried out there not marked yeah yeah just a lot of people died a lot of abuse i mean a lot of abuse even when it was like good intention there was abuse and there was like bad intention abuse just so much abuse that's why people think it's haunted like you can't fuck people up like that (laughs) you know and not have something happen right so this group called Detroit Paranormal Expeditions, they said it's the most haunted building they'd ever been in. And their episode is just filled with, like, bangs, crashes. At one point, like, a record flies across the room towards the host. And I was like, I honestly, I find it, Asylum's terrifying. Like, anytime there's a scary movie that takes place in Asylum, I'm already at an 11. Because to me, it's just terrifying on its own. Oh, I know. Yeah, you don't even have to say ghosts. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So season two, episode eight, they go over um, something that we covered this March. I accidentally sent it out when I didn't mean to, but it is, um, came out March 22. It's the Potter Street um, train station in Saginaw. It's called, I they literally, it's when I accidentally rented that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they truly, they go over the casket shop. They go over the, you know, that was ran at the depot. They go over the, the soldiers that died in the war that were transported back and forth. But the thing that really does push my buttons is they act like Steve Shippey, who was the main ghost hunter in the show that I watched. They acted like he went in there all by himself. And they kept saying, they said at least twice. They're like, he went in with one cameraman. I was like, what do you, yeah, one cameraman for him. He had three co hosts. Yeah, one cameraman. (laughs) Like, don't act like he was in there by himself. So I'm not going to even go over that episode. Just watch the other show. You'll know exactly what they say. And so I'm, like, Fuck, I'm not giving you guys anything. All right. <laughs> so um, one of the last ones from Par- the Paranormal Show was um, Atwater Brewery in Detroit. It was season two, episode nine. So that paranormal group that went to Eloise, the Detroit Paranormal Expeditions, they go over to the Atwater Brewery. And this is a structure that was once a church and it was turned into a bar. And a priest was brought, brought in to bless the building after they had a lot of strange occurrences that happened during the renovation from a church to a brewery and the people at Detroit paranormal expedition, they placed the spirit box in the room and they like received information through the machine and their best was this video that shows a streak of white that zips from like the lower right corner of the frame to like the top middle of the frame and then it just disappears or like kind of like fades out. So I searched trying to find out why, why would the brewery be haunted? You know, I'm just searching the internet, trying to figure out why, but I couldn't figure it out. They said the building's almost 90 years old, so stuff might have gone on in the beginning. It's also um, hmm. has a religious connection as a church, so maybe something happened there. And the employees were talking about being able to hear voices of kids talking in the basement where a nursery once was, and that they see shadow people in the dining room and lights flicker. But I was just like, a nursery in the basement?
1: Like, yeah, that's where
0: Do we not love children anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ. laughs> and this last one i think we'd already talked about before but i couldn't find it um it was season four episode three there's a home security camera that caught an image of what looks like an angel so this family has a security camera and a lights on outside their house that meant to go off when there's movement one of those security lights and this image was taken by the camera it shows this something large above the back of the truck it's white and wispy It has the shape of like a body wearing a robe with thicker white wisps that could be wings. And there's a white line that angles down from the side that commentators are like, oh, I look like a sword. But honestly, it looks like just the eve shining on the building from the back of it. So I don't think that's good. And this is now here's my last one. I was like, fine, paranormal caught on camera. We're done. Here's my last one. This is the one I found most interesting, too. So the last show is called Haunting in the Heartland. And it was season one, episode one. I was like, all right, Michigan, we're kicking off the ghost stories. So it takes place in this village called Merrill, and it's in Michigan. And on the show, they're like, Merrill has a population of 735 people. But I look at the census, and it's 852. (laughs) And I was just like, why do they say this shit? Well, you guys just make, you have the internet, right? (laughs) So the show focuses on two homes. One is which an old home that happened to be a general store and a couple lived there for 15 years and they're experiencing paranormal activity through the whole thing. The couple's adult son and his daughter, they had moved in for a little while, but they felt so unsafe in the house that they ended up just moving out. And that's when Steve Shippey pops up on the screen. He is the host of the show. So I'm like, oh, this must be his gig as he does this stuff. So the origin story of Merrill starts with the general store. That's now a house. And mail used to be delivered directly to the store, but one day the postmaster said that they were going to be discontinuing services because they weren't an established town or village, and now they only do, you know, service towns. So the owner of the general store was close to his mother-in-law, Iva, so he, push, he petitioned for the establishment of the village of Iva. So Iva, as a town, will end up disappearing, and the house will end up being located in the village of Merrill, and I'll tell you why in a little bit what happens. But in 2006 there's this family that moves into the general store that's now a house and they start renovations on the building and they have problems with seeing people out of the corner of their eye like right away there's problems they they have what felt like cold hands touching them once when their son was a teenager he went into the kitchen for like a late night snack and when he tried to leave the kitchen he felt so scared by this presence that was in the doorway that he chose to sleep on the kitchen counter that night and not leave the kitchen until his parents woke up in the morning because he was so scared. So now he's an adult. He has to move back in with his parents' home with his daughter because they're having like a little bit of issues. And one night his daughter sees a figure come in her room and she felt this burning on the back of her neck. And when her dad looked, there were like scratch marks on her neck and on her head. And the apparition that the little girl saw was this indistinguishable black figure carrying a lantern. And when he left her bedside after like getting in her face, he walked into her closet and later on the family dog just attacks the closet door. And it's still there if you like that like you could see it on camera. The dog left gouges in the wood, like both on the door frame and the actual door. And they're the old like solid oak doors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When that dog went at it. So there's another house in the area that had a history of people living in it, calling the police believing that there's a prowler due to like the bangs and knacks in the 1970s. And they heard voices um, talking while they were in the house. So this issue becomes so intense that at one point the state police get involved. Like all the noises, they think that there's somebody messing with them, all the banging stuff. And on more than one occasion, a small fire gets set spontaneously like inside the home. So one one night there's a large house fire in 1975. And when the firemen came to put it out, the fire chief was trying to climb a ladder to get to the second floor and he said he felt what was like invisible hands pushing him backwards down the ladder and he was having a hard time even getting up the ladder. And one of the two sons of, in that family almost die in that fire. It was so bad. They move out a month later and they don't have any more issues. The fire was put out and the house remains occupied by like a different family now. And they're like, we don't have any problems. So the firehouse and the general storehouse are less than 10 miles from each other. So the show had a historian come on to explain the dif- the disappearance of Iva and the formation of Merrill and the surrounding communities. So the Iva General Store is the only building standing from the original town of Iva. In 1873, there was a smallpox epidemic. And in that just like ravaging that area, 75 to 85 percent of all the people in that town died of smallpox. So, whoa yeah so as people are dying they don't know what to do because you know there's so many people there's no medicine for it so what they started doing was if you and your family were infected you take all the infected people and you close them in the home you literally board up their windows and doors so they can't leave and it's called forceful quarantine and you have to stay into your home until you're either cured or dead like you don't come right. out until so there's you're either dead or there's no more smallpox and a lot of times because so many people died. Everybody in the house died. So what they did was just burn the whole house down without ever opening it up. That's why there's no houses in Iva. How
1: are they going to, you know, come out if they get better when you just boarded them
0: in there? Well, if they're well enough, they can knock on the door and let you know that they're fine. And they think that sometimes someone could have been accidentally burnt alive if everybody else in like in the house was dead and you were like too sick to answer or something or too sick to call out they could have set your house on fire still damn yeah that um the general building that general store building the house it's the only building in iva to not be burnt down so the show brings in a psychic to the general storehouse and first of all she's like all right get rid of this doll it's you know it's no good and then she said i think there's like an entity of someone who lost their family to the plague that's angry because they lost their family and so now they want your, you to suffer because, you know, you have something that they don't have. You have your family. But she feels like she was able to connect with the entity and that she said that it did leave. And when the owners came home, they said they thought that the air in the house felt lighter.
1: I'm sure they did.
0: Yeah. I would honestly, I would even psychosomatically, I would hope it, I would say that <laughs> it got better. You know what I mean? I right. I need it to at that point. I would need it to.
1: You know, I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, I always say that um, I don't believe in it because it would terrify me if I did.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Didn't thing. going back to the Eloise. Yeah. They turn that area in, like that, uh, knock it down and put apartments or something.
0: So they were talking about that. And at one point they were also talking about, do you remember, like there were even portions of Eloise still operating recently because um they're like administrative buildings they just shut that down in the 20 like the late 20s 20 like 2018 or something like 2019 they just shut down the administrative parts but i'm looking here okay so it says here um the firehouse power plant commissary and d building still stand as of july 2021 the bakery burned down due to arson in 2020 only five of the 78 buildings remain yeah, they were going to remember they were going to build apartments, but they were going back and forth in the end. They didn't do it. Right, because
1: I thought who in the hell's going to live there? Well,
0: it says today the land that was once Eloise has been developed. This is Wikipedia into a strip mall, a golf oh, golf course and condominiums. There's only one building currently in use, the D building used for psychiatric emissions. Yeah,
1: right. Because your condo could be right over a grave site that. Yeah, yeah that's where I want to live.
0: Yeah, well, they said the grave sites are still there also, but I was like, I, you know they lied about all the people they buried, right?
1: Right, <laughs> Oh, so that's why I'm saying your condo could be over it, and you just don't even know it.
0: Yeah, for real. Oh, yeah I, yeah. I would just think like that area is no good. Just so many horrific things happen there. I'm sure like the whole area is no good. <laughs> throw the whole thing out. you got to throw the whole thing out. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, throw that whole area out into the garden. It's no good. <laughs> <better. laughs> Wall it up. Yeah. Next time I'm going to tell you about this, I watched a TV show, of course, on Discovery Plus because I'm getting into it. It was called Unusual Suspects, Murder in the Mirror. It came out in 2015. It was a true crime case I had never heard about in Michigan that was really interesting. It was about a death of a grandma that was originally ruled accidental, but then her kids get in on it and they open it back up as a murder investigation. And it was interesting. You are definitely getting your money's worth out of this. I am going to ride this to the ground.
1: (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) No one has to watch anything on Discovery Plus. Just listen to us.
0: Yeah, if it's any Michigan related, I've got you. Only I'm not doing Kelly Cochran or Eileen Wernos. The world has already heard.
1: How are you, how do you know that they're Michigan? Are you having to watch other episodes to find one, stumble upon a Michigan?
0: I go to the search bar and just search the word Michigan, and then you can click what you're searching, and I click episodes, and then oh. I was going to try shows next, but um, yeah, I just click episodes, and it'll tell me, like, what episodes have Michigan in it, and I was really lucky for most of the paranormal caught on camera, like, Michigan was the first one, <laughs> so there I didn't to listen to all the other stories. Some of them it was, like, halfway through, but none of them was the last story, <laughs> so I was like, Ooh. Well.
1: <laughs> well up next i'm coming with uh a pike county massacre Roden family massacre whatever you would like to call it update big stuff big
0: Big stuff okay yeah i'm gonna tell you about a tricky murderer who almost got away with it but got busted
1: i'm excited for it
0: sweet all right i'll see you then all right bye bye